0: Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds from the Boddrey Racing Team.
1: Hi, I'm James Moffat from the Norton Hornets. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert from Ford Pepsi Max Group, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Look, it oh, it's a great, it's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bolt, so um, <laughs> be, been here before. I wouldn't say it's the number
2: one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but but we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it. But right now, we have nothing.
1: Sometimes they're not dickhead you could say it's just as they're just there's good racing and i enjoy it yeah. from the race tracks across australia and around the world here's inside supercars
3: hello and welcome to the show joining me to, to- discuss the topics of the week is lachlan mansell from wakefield park and adrian mussolino from v magazine and well interesting week we've seen that uh, ford Uh, Of course, giving the Kiwis a push start into Bathurst. David Long from stuff.co.nz has talked to Tim Edwards about how FPR are trying to help out the Team Super Black from New Zealand. Also, Bruce Newton in motoring.com.au has an interesting story about the Nissan backing V8 supercar program even though the cars aren't running where they had obviously hoped they would be. We'll definitely discuss more about that later in the show. Lachlan, at supercars.com have had a couple of interesting stories, one, of course, with uh, an interesting livery announcement for Dick Johnson Racing.
4: Yeah, this is uh, the second year in a row that they've run a retro livery there at DJR. They're going to run a remake, make of the uh, successful Dick Johnson and John Bauer Bathurst-winning livery from 1994. Obviously, on this occasion, the car's going to be driven by Stephen Johnson and also David Wall. Now, last year, you'll remember that when they ran the Greens Tuft retro livery, the car crashed into the wall in practice and the damage was all but identical to the damage that Dick Johnson sustained to his Green's Tough Falcon back in 1983. So no doubt I'll be hoping that... uh uh, history repeats itself once again, and that the car that won Bathurst in 1994 with the same livery will be successful at Bathurst in uh, 2014. Not sure if that means that Craig Lowndes will be passing it around the uh, outside at Griffin's Bend late in the race or not. Uh, the other big story that we saw on the V8 Supercars website, of course, was the announcement of a new sponsors board, the Gold Coast 600, with Castrol Edge coming on board as the naming rights sponsor for that event and a few other things have been put in place to uh, reinvigorate the Gold Coast precincts there at Surfers Paradise to try and um, resurrect wreck that uh, party atmosphere, I suppose. that mm-hmm. I think you would have to say that... Uh even though the event's still one of the most high-profile events on the V8 supercar calendar, it still lacks that international flavour of the IndyCar and Champ Car days. and It's something that I don't think we'll see back unless they get another international category running there in the future.
3: Yeah, it is a, an event that has lost a little bit of its luster, Look, uh, one driver that hasn't lost any luster and certainly getting a a lot of airplay is Marcus Ambrose. Now, Associated Press, which first I saw of it, was on sbs.com.au was uh, Marcus Ambrose, dodging questions about his V8 supercar return. Adrian? Yeah, this is the big talking
2: point in V8 supercars at the moment, and understandably, it's a two-time champion who went off and has been very successful in America in (coughs) their car, and you know, it appears likely that he's looking to come home, and you know, he's he's made a great effort over, over there in America, but I think he is starting to understand that it's very difficult to break into that top tier of NASCAR and be on the pace regularly. And there's also family matters as well. His kids are growing up, and I remember one sort of comment that was associated with a post to Marcus said he doesn't really, he's not sure if he wants them growing up to the American or Australian, so. A return home is probably on the cards and it all links obviously to Penske and what they're going to do in the Supercars, whether they will tie up with Big Racing or go alone. That's so just the available wrecks and you know, Penske and Ambrose, that when you think of that, it's a pretty powerful combination right there. And you can see why there's so much excitement around it. Mm, Ambrose yeah. definitely has unfinished business in the you know, Supercars. I think he you doesn't know, mm. have that backup win. Um, so. It'll be very interesting to see how that plays out, and I think that'll be the talking point Queensland next day this weekend.
3: Mm. Now, uh, Fogues has written a very interesting piece for the Fairfax Press about uh, Jamie Winkup, how everyone's talking about how bad a season he's having, yet most of the other drivers in the field would love to have that bad a season.
2: Yeah, it, it's sort of interesting that, you know, he started a bit slow by his lofty standards. You know, usually we've seen him incredible points early in the season and then it's just held on to that for the rest of the year and this year he's had to go chasing because he's had a few you know, problems along the way most notably Sunday race so you know still he's, I'm pretty sure in saying he has the most wins of any driver and you know, here he is second in the championship and talking Mark Winterbottom he's right there in the mix and we're heading to a circuit where you know obviously Red Bull Racing Australia's home set track and they were there testing last week, so he's in a really strong position and, and you know never discount him from the championship mix. Mm. You know, no matter how how many times you think he might be out of it, he'll come home strong. It's just, you know, there's wins guaranteed for him. Um, so mm. watch that this weekend. I think he's going to be the driver of
3: the Magazine comes out on Friday.
2: Yes, it does, yeah, um, with um, a bit of a mix of an addition we've sort of focused on the old and the new and our cover story is Chaz Mostert and Dom McLaughlin and their future. They're, you know, they are the next big rivalry of the sport and it's a year since they both won at Queensland Raceway and you know, they were rocky racing as last year, now they're factory race as this year. So um we sort of looked at sat them down together for coffee and sort of the you know, the stuff they past and their future and We also focus on Dick Johnson Racing, given all the speculation around them and the fact that they're approaching their 35th status and um, they're, you know, the oldest team in DST of the cars and, as we saw with the retro liveries, they've got such an incredible history. So there's a lot there to celebrate that path. So, yeah, it's on sale Friday in selected East Coast markets and then across the rest of Australia from Monday and obviously in digital form on iPad and...
3: lee holsworth after the break and then we're going to be discussing a lot of those topics when we return on inside supercars
1: join in the conversation post your thoughts on our bought radio facebook page (laughs) tune in each weekday morning for a fast-paced look at v8 supercars with supercars today
4: it's it's no fun back there trust me trust me it's no fun at all
1: it's a short sharp look at what's happening across the v8 supercars world you'd be a proponent of that because you're not paying it for it. So I can promise you that um, ultimately for the people who are paying for it, it's not. A, it will never happen. Supercars Today. Each weekday morning at sportradio.com.au or sign up for the podcast
0: today. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard from Lockwood Racing and you're listening to Inside Supercars.
1: from Team AdVam, GB Gal, and you're listening to Inside Supercars.
3: Lee Holdsworth is preparing for the Pertec Cup, which saw him finish fourth last year. Craig Baird told us that he thought he had a positive influence on returning Holdsworth to form, giving him some of his confidence back. Did Holdsworth agree? Oh,
0: he's dead right there. Um, You know, last year I was at absolute rock bottom with my confidence. Um, As much as I knew it was the car, um... And, uh, and I knew I just had to hang in there. You, you start, you always question yourselves and, then, and, uh, and I think I'm the biggest critic um, of my own driving. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm the first to, uh, to question myself whenever I'm a little bit off the pace um, and the car comes second. So uh, when, you, <laughs> when you've had five rounds in a row with DNS um, and you're running, you know, close to uh, the back of the field in the championship, uh, you, it, it really gets to you. And you, you know, you're getting punched um, punched in the gut basically every time you get out there, and um, and just never seeing any results. When when Berto came on for Enduros, it was the best thing ever for me because you know, with a guy of his experience, um, telling you that you, you're not doing anything wrong and uh, just to keep keep doing what you're doing and um, persistence will pay off and you know all that all that hard work um I'd done, and the team had done last year will will eventually pay off um he was dead right, and um he certainly uh made me lift my head a little bit and um and you know we were able to we obviously worked very well together um in the car as well we both want exactly the same car um you know I know that if I'm out there uh and, and the car's a little bit loose, I know that Beardy's not going to like it, so I know what to tell my engineer to do to change it for Beardo as well. So um, in that way, we, we work fantastically together. And, um, yeah, he's just a, he's a top guy and uh, he certainly, yeah, brought me back to life, I'd say.
3: How has Beardy found the car now that the 2014 developments have really started to improve performance?
0: Uh, actually, last Tester he jumped in um, for the first time in... <clears throat> you know 8 months or something so uh that was the big the big test for him and um it was really interesting to hear his feedback because he jumped out and he had uh he was much more satisfied and um and comfortable in the car than what he was last year as am as am i um and uh, and he felt good and he was really pleased with with the development we'd made and the um the progress we'd made and uh and honestly he's uh he was quick so um yeah that's that's brilliant you know you need you can't just have a solid car driver these days you need a, a guy that can lap you know close to the the full time driver's lap times and um and that's what he does but so, uh he's definitely um you know i reckon he's he's like a fine wine um I'll bet he gets better with age, so he's going all right
3: with test days at a premium Lee... You obviously had a good test last week.
0: Oh, it's absolutely, um, absolutely vital for our uh, our development. We've we have got absolutely no time on the track at the moment in practice. Um, I think for Queensland Raceway next uh, next week we get three twenty minute sessions in practice. And honestly, you know, you go out there and you get three laps, uh, three time, three times on the track of you know two or three laps each time and. Um, you, you really just you just don't have enough time to be doing back to back changes. So a test day like yesterday, where you can spend 150 laps out on the track testing things, back back to backing them uh, within you know, a couple of minutes of each change, uh, is is just uh, is just so important for us and so um, uh, vital towards our uh, our charge at, at Queensland Raceway next week.
3: Lee, always a pleasure to catch up with you, and we wish you all the best. Or Queensland Raceway.
0: Yeah, thanks very much. Can't wait. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get those Erebus cars up into the on top of the podium again. It's been a, a little while now, so uh, it's uh, it's that time again. It's true.
3: <laughs> you can never have enough wins. <laughs> exactly. Cheers.
0: The views expressed
1: on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world.
2: And, you know, every every year I see Jackie Stewart Grand Prix and I just remind myself... of of his part in in starting the the path
1: to safer cars. dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion.
0: Jack Brabham certainly left his mark, not only on Australian motorsport, but motorsport all around the world.
1: Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au.
3: Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from Erebus Motorsport and you're listening to Inside Supercars. To our program guests now, Adrian Mussolino and Lachlan Mansell. Queensland Raceway on this weekend... Chaz Mostert last year with the Cinderella story of 2013 when he got that victory for Dick Johnson Racing. Can he do it again?
4: Um, there's no reason why he can't, other than the fact that his teammate is leading the championship and Ford Performance Racing's focus is obviously on making sure Winterbottom gets as good a result as he can. But having said that, we did see Mostert take a win over at Barbagallo's, so... Um, No reason why Chaz can't do it Hasn't had the consistency of pace That Winterbottoms had this season But um, you wouldn't write him off, that's for sure
3: No, that's right I've been interested this year, Adrian When I've spoken to the guys in at FPR They said, no, Winterbottom's really in the championship But we're not under any team orders We want the fastest car to win
2: Yeah, that's been an interesting strategy And we saw that in Perth Where Mott got ahead of Winterbottom And took the win And that was, you know, valuable points away from Winterbottom, but you need someone finishing amongst those Red Bull cars, and um, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, because although Craig Lowndes had a tough weekend in Townsville, I wouldn't rule him out of the Championship by any means, but Chaz is probably too far behind to really threaten, Um, So there's going to be some interesting inter-team dynamics in the next uh, second half of the season, and um, always interesting to see how that plays out as well when you then bring in Dave Reynolds and um into that mix and um at tracks like Queensland Race Day where it's Red Bull racing Australia's t- home test track, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um you'd think they would have the pace advantage up there, but we've seen sometimes the Victorian teams can sort of come in and sort of steal the limelight a bit. So um very intriguing situation at the moment that we've got.
3: Last year, McLaughlin and Chas Mostert were both winners. This year, it's McLaughlin who has certainly, on the back of a faux pas at Adelaide, become a cult hero.
2: Yeah, it's fascinating, and we've sort of um, discussed that we've got in the interview, and, you know, who would have thought a few years ago, let alone 10 or so years ago, that a Kiwi and a Volvo would be so popular in Australia, and there's no doubt about it, because, you know, that critical round is probably going to... A, a life-changing event for him and a real turning point in his career and it's just great to see that that's why we focused on the two I think they're 21 and 22 year olds you know they have such enthusiasm and exuberance and they haven't really been what, what's the way to put it they haven't really been sort of jaded by being at the limelight they're just enjoying it and having fun and even w- when we sat down with Scott for the interview he said you know I, I never thought I'd be here in a cafe with journos you know, for breakfast, and we thought, well, not really that overwhelming, is it? But you know, he seems to just be enjoying every bit of it, and it's great to see. And it was definitely at this event last year where they they really confirmed their potential, and you know, their their sort of careers in the last 12 months have paralleled with. You know, they're both in factory seats and they're both winning races. So they're right amongst them. You know, we go to every event now expecting them to be up there.
3: Scott McLaughlin's Volvo is always expected to be right at the front of the field. SpeedTV.com's Super Grid. It's got Scotty McLaughlin right
4: up at the top. Yeah, certainly does, but I think the most staggering thing out of that super grid when you had a look at the numbers was just how close the margins were. You're looking at you know, overall times when you added up all the qualifying times of the drivers throughout the year at every race of, I think it was 25 or 26 minutes overall for the year, and yet even despite the fact that the times were so large... There was still only, I think, 0.2 or 0.4 of a second separating the top three, which is just unbelievable. But yes, Scott McLaughlin, he has been a star in qualifying this year. He's picked up one race win, but overall I think you would have to say that the Volvo hasn't been quite as strong in race trim as what it's been in qualifying, as reflected by the fact that McLaughlin, even though he is statistically the fastest, in qualifying, he has only chalked up that one race victory for the season and is uh, certainly not anywhere near the top of the championship standings.
3: It's quite interesting to see at the other end the drivers we have on that super grid there, Adrian.
2: Speaking of Volvo, obviously Robert Dahlgren has struggled to come to grips with the VX Supercar car and it's not the first time we've seen an international struggle with that and he actually discusses that in, in, in this VX magazine. We are discussing where... You know, the the locked rear disc is just something that he can't get his head around at the moment. And it's a big struggle for him. You know, every track we go to is a new track for him. Testing is very limited nowadays, and it's only at the one test track. So it's very difficult for him. And, you know, it's sort of made even more difficult by the fact that his teammate who consistently up there and qualifying so well so he has a big job in the second half of the season to try and show that he is making games and getting amongst that middle pack.
3: Robert Dalgren's the 24th fastest unfortunately for Jack Perkins his name is at 25 and I, I think a lot of us are surprised that he is so far down, not only the qualifying grid, but also just not having any luck on the racetrack.
2: Yeah, he's, he's had a difficult season, and, and the problem with Jack's career is that he's been in and out of the main game so often now that he's, he's really struggled, it seems, to get some consistency, and he's hopped between teams and, and cars and different manufacturers. So, again, you know, real pressure on him. To perform in the second half of the season because I think Charlie Sherkolt, his team owner, will be expecting as well. It's difficult, as we said, with Robert Dalgren and McGough, and when your teammates are up so high on the grid, and in Perkins' case, it's been a bottom loss at Reynolds, and they're typically in the 10, it's very difficult to then justify being down the back, so he's one who sort of really needs to perform in the back of the season.
4: What else surprised you, Lachlan? I think just having a look at it here, um, probably the fact that Lowndes was actually a bit ahead of Cup in terms of qualifying speed, whereas you would have to say that for the majority of their time together at Red Bull Racing or Team Vodafone as it was, Cup has consistently outperformed Lowndes. I think... um, Yeah, as as you go down a bit further, I mean, Tim Slade inside the top 10 in terms of qualifying speed, that's a long way ahead of where he actually is in the championship. So I think probably the most surprising thing is comparing some of these drivers' uh, qualifying performances with their championship position, which shows that some drivers have got much stronger race packages than qualifying packages and vice versa, but I do agree with the points that Adrian made about Jack Perkins and the problem for him as well is that whereas Robert Dahlgren has the, um, the excuse, if you like, or the, the justification that it's his first year in V8 Supercars and he's learning a completely different type of car, Jack Perkins has had lots of experience in the development series, in endurance races in the main game in the past. So I think that uh, Adrian's five on. Jack Perkins really needs to step it up in the, the second half of this season because Charlie Schwerkolt will be expecting results, especially when you compare his performance to that of his three four-performance racing teammates.
3: Yeah, it's been a, a frustrating season down there at the Gemworld car for sure. We need to take a break here on Inside Supercars, but plenty more when we return.
1: Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett from HHA Racing. You are listening to Inside V8 Supercars. Tune in each weekday morning for a fast-paced look at V8 Supercars with Supercars Today.
4: It's, it's no fun back there, trust me, trust me. It's no fun at all.
1: It's a short, sharp look at what's happening across the V8 Supercars world. You'd be a proponent of that because you're not paying it. It. so I can promise you that um, ultimately for the people that are paying for it it's not a, it will never happen Supercars today each weekday morning at sportradio.com.au or sign up for the
3: podcast today Hi, I'm Scott Pye from Wilson Security, Dick Johnson Racing, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. To VAT Supercars, as Lachlan Menzel and Adrian Mussolino join me, Craig Ravel And uh, we mentioned at the top of the show about Dick Johnson's 20-year livery, Lachie. I might let Adrian tell us what he thinks of that livery
2: launch. I think it's great. I, I, it, it, we don't have many teams in V8 Supercars that can pull off retro liveries. Um, Sadly, a lot of them haven't been around that long, or have changed, you know, ownership and the manufacturers or that type of thing. So when you talk about Dick Johnson Racing and Holden Racing Team, they're the, probably the only real two that can do a retro livery from decades ago and pull it off. And so they've done a great job now with you know true blue and Green's stuff, and now the shell livery, and it, it looks great. And it just shows, doesn't it, that those old liveries on the UVS cars, they work so well, and yet most of the liveries on the current cars just seem like a bit of a mess. And you, you sort of, I think there's a less mess in graphic designers out there that simple sometimes is the most effective. And um, I, I could see the merchandise sales and things like that already skyrocketing at Bathurst. And it's a great, you know, at a time when we're discussing pictures, to make in future, it's just a Sort of um, example of what a great history they have as a team and um, why we want them around the sport for years to come.
3: Mm. And Lockie, it is uh, fascinating that they had an open day to uh, have this launch and 7,000 people attended. So Dick still has an army of fans.
4: Yeah, it was a meteorically successful day, wasn't it? Which was great to see and. Dick Johnson continues to be one of the great iconic figures in Australian motorsport, doesn't he? And while ever his name's involved in the sport, will always attract a following. Um, As I touched on in the opener, it'll be interesting to see what sorts of results they can get with that car this year. Just on the retro liveries, though, and this is sort of adding on to Adrian's point, I think it does work well to an extent, I just think we have to be careful that we don't get teams doing retro liveries every year because what happens in 20 years from now, we want the retro liveries to be the ones from now, don't we? So that means we do have to have some new liveries being created as well.
3: Lachlan, you and I in Inside Motorsport yesterday talked about the Australians over there in Spa and one of the things we didn't really touch on in that show, but we can expand on here, well, for the time we've got left, which is not much, actually, <laughs> uh, is a, a real push at, at Supercar Land to try and curtail some of the drivers running overseas and in other series.
4: Um, yeah, well, I, I think we we have to be a bit careful how we explain it here because it's not so much a push to curtail drivers overseas racing commitments as uh, conveniently scheduling promotional commitments for V8 Supercar drivers to maybe make it not possible for them to compete in some of those overseas events. But fortunately, um, we did see drivers, um, Craig Lowndes, Shane Van Gisbergen, and also uh, the um, insurance drivers, Steve Owen, Stephen Richards, and David Russell, who all teamed up with Roger Largo in a Lamborghini over at Spa there on the weekend. And I do think it's important that V8 supercar drivers do have some opportunities, particularly the more senior drivers in V8 supercars, to stretch their wings and explore some of these overseas races, because, as I mentioned on Inside Motorsport, a driver like Craig Lowndes, by competing in some of these one-off events now he's really setting up the foundations when he finally decides it's time to retire from full-time V8 supercar racing because there is definitely a place for some of these more experienced senior drivers in international endurance racing. Um, as we've seen with names like Emanuele Pirro, who's now being, you know into his 50s, a multiple winner of the Le Mans 24-hour, and also Tom Christensen, a nine-time winner of the Mm -hmm. Le Mans 24-hour. In those long-distance races, useful speed and exuberance is not as much of an advantage as what it is in the sprint race format, and there is definitely an advantage in being an older, more experienced driver in those prestige, long-distance international endurance races. Mm.
3: Well, a break and a final thought up next on Inside Supercars.
1: Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world.
4: Still a bit in shock. Uh,
1: (laughs) Thanks, thanks everyone. Intersecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck. For Daniel Ricardo's old man to have found a few mates to tip some money in and send him overseas, there actually needs to be Inside a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bottolo Racing
0: Team and you're listening to Inside Supercars.
2: Final thought now, Adrian Mussolino. My final thought is um, we've waited a few weeks for this round at Queensland Raceway and, again, the problem is the championship's lost a bit of momentum because it just disappears for weeks on end. So I think the big thing that Supercars needs to do down the track is condense the calendar because these, these gaps just punish the series, especially when... You have so many Formula 1 prix and MotoGPs um, so often on in prime time spots. It's just putting the cars down the pecking order of mainstream motorsport attention. So I think it's great to be back racing again, but, you know, we don't want these big gaps in the future.
3: Lock lamental.
2: Yeah, agree with
4: Adrian. I think especially with Daniel Ricciardo going so well in Formula 1 that has shifted a lot of the Australian motorsport focus onto Formula One. Uh, my final thought is there's been some discussion in um, the last few days about a potential name change for the V8 supercars um, for the future with the category possibly moving away from V8 power plants. So I haven't been creative enough to think of, about the um, potential new names for V8 supercars, but uh, I think... As much as some of the diehard fans won't like it, it's something that has to happen uh, for the future of the sport.
3: Mm. Well, Queensland's on this weekend, and we look forward to catching up with you both. And, and well, certainly speaking about this around the media centres and the racetracks across Australia. Thanks very much to Lachlan Mansell and Adrian Mussolino.
4: Cheese crazy. Thank you.
3: That's all we have time for this week. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now.
1: Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.